0: Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Reality 2.0. I'm Catherine Druckmann. Today, we are talking to Sean Powers. I have Doc Searles with me, as always. And uh, Sean Powers, you should know, because he's been on the podcast several times... And um, if you have followed me or Doc, you've probably seen Sean around. I don't know where, but you've probably seen him. You might've seen him. Recently, you might've seen him on Floss Weekly. You might've also uh, read his articles back in the day on Linux Journal. You might have seen uh, some of his other creative posts around the internet. And what I hope you've seen is something we're gonna talk about today. And that is his new web comic. Um, but we're also gonna talk about some other things. So stick around. Um, we're going to kind of get into After the, the
1: sponsor thing. we don't have, right? <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned after the, stay back, tuned back after after the these sponsor words. we don't
0: have but yeah. you totally could have
1: yeah. um,
0: maybe in theory uh, yeah so we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some different ways to think about our relationship with web browsers and platforms and stuff so we're going to get to that a little bit later um, but first, before we get into some of the fun conversation, I wanted to remind everybody that we have a newsletter because I keep doing that and y- y'all keep signing up. So thanks for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you can go to reality2cast.com. That is the number two in the URL. And there's a link to sign up for a newsletter. So please do that um, because we we're, we send out links that are sort of supplementary material to the podcast and just a few observations here and there. And if you got last week's, you saw a little uh, snippet from Sean's, Sean's webcomic. <laughs> That we're totally going to talk about. So, Sean. So, well, first, let me just a tiny bit of background. It's called My Big Round World.
2: Yes. Right? It's, it's my big round world, and the characters are squares because that's just how clever I am.
0: That's how you roll. I mean, I you know. uh-huh. so-
1: roll. I see what you did there. <laughs> are you going to have um, other geometric characters? Left? You know, the, the nice thing is I'm the god of this
2: world. So whatever it is I decide is going to be canon becomes canon. So I, I honestly don't know. Most probably not because the reason my characters are all squares is because I have zero artistic talent and squares are fairly simple to draw. So,
0: so that's, you know, that's an interesting question. But before I, I go into that interesting question, I just want to, to point out that it is my big round Dot com. You can find it there. Yes, so you can or find it there, also on Twitter. Yes, everywhere. Facebook, right. Yeah, everywhere. Twitter. Just look up. Yeah. And or look up oddly Palm enough, and- you
2: could look me up. Exactly. Sean Powers with the zero. But oddly enough, most places had my big round world available. So, like, Twitter.com forward slash my big round world, Facebook.com slash my big round world. Apparently, it wasn't good a name. common thing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, good name. Cool. So, so, speaking, so speaking of having zero dead, right, artistic right. talent, which is not really true actually because you know I would argue that the having a specific skill of being able to draw realistically is not really necessary to having artistic it, talent but uh, I'll let you I'll let you take it, it you, you interpret it how you want
2: yeah so it is it's a little ironic because so I've been a, a trainer at city nuggets for over a decade and when we do training we we draw on a whiteboard as we're demonstrating stuff and we'll use you know characters or whatever that we draw and I've it's literally the thing in the office and in the headquarters for the whole company that Sean is the absolute worst drawer illustrator of all the trainers they've ever had. I, they comically say, if you need something really horrible, see if Sean will draw it. I mean, it's, it's been that bad. So it, me having a web comic before any other trainers is is pretty great. I gotta admit.
0: <laughs> but it's not really, about, it's, I mean, is it about the drawing? It's really about the, the inspiration and the message, yeah.
2: right? And on a serious note, I, I didn't think that that was going to be the case. I thought that in order to have an entertaining webcomic, it would have to be you know, realistic or, or compelling or something. I mean, I think of all of my um, favorite webcomics, and even like XKCD is very simplistic with his stick figures, but they're fairly elaborate stick figures with fairly elaborate uh, yeah. scenes and everything. So I, I just never thought that I would be able to do it, but it turns out that as long as the message is there and there's a little bit of humor and a little bit of a, you know, something to think about, it can be compelling. I think. I
0: I think they work. And I feel like I'm qualified to say that because I have, you know, too much art education, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) but yes, I, I think they totally work and I'm, you know, I'm really enjoying them. And what I think, what I think is most interesting and why I think this is frankly worth a lot of conversation is that I think that it is a it allows you to take a completely um, a, a take on events or 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 the way you see the world or whatever it is in a way that you wouldn't feel comfortable with otherwise. Or you know you can you can observe things through your characters that you you just wouldn't be able to otherwise. And I think that's that's kind of fun and it's liberating. I think I suspect
2: it's an interesting media for me uh, and. You're absolutely right. like social social issues, right? For example, one one of the comics, um, I, I tried to address systemic racism. <laughs> I mean, it's a pretty heavy topic for a web comic, right? And um, the the squares <laughs> made comments that, while I don't think are offensive, I don't know how I could say it as Sean Powers, even Sean Powers, like on a Twitter feed, and have it be something that wouldn't make somebody very uncomfortable. But in a web comic, There was just enough humor and uh, just enough seriousness that it was like, Oh, and it was enjoyable. So yeah, I have to read it. I don't want to read the comic over on the podcast, but you know, there's, there's some heavy, there's some heavy issues that I don't know when they're approached with a lighthearted kind of tact. I I think you still get the message across, but people aren't turned off or or upset.
0: Yeah. You don't always have to bang people over the head to communicate a message. And, and as, I mean, nobody's going to say that we're going to solve anything in, in four little anim, uh, illustrated frames, but, but I think, you know, it, it's worth noting that you can initiate a real conversation through a fairly simple piece of humor. I mean, I, you know, I think, or at least you can initiate some interesting thoughts.
1: You know, as, as long as you can work irony in there, you've got some humor, or yeah. at least the risk that it will be humorous, meaning you have to have at least what, one meaning, maybe two, maybe more. Um, and, and I think all, I mean, it is an interesting theory. I say, I call it a theory because I'm not sure it's true, which says that all comedy is complaint. And, and it's true. I mean, you, you listen to Seinfeld or you listen to, you know, pretty much anybody. And most of it is in fact complaint. It's, it's, it's observations about what's, what's ironically, you know, not working in the world or something like that, but I'm not sure it's all that. I think that some of it is just that's that's cool, you know, or that's you know. I mean, I I've actually thought here's my idea for for a web comic, nothing but a headstone per day, you know. And the the first one says, "Damn, I was almost finished." They're all different epitaphs. Another one I would read that yeah. that, that that's mine, you know, and, and that's what I want. Um, another is sorry sorry I'm on mute or. Pardon my daisies, or move a little to the left if you don't mind. You know, just a different one every day, where you start getting volunteer ones, and every one of those is funny because they play with death, right? You know, so, uh, and I think that's basically what you want to get toward. You know, I mean, even you, 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 you know, I mean, you've got a you've got a square peg in a round world, there, Sean. Right? That's kind yep. of the and you know a point. I think that
2: complaint, so it's funny you say complaining because, um, this is first week, right. But ever, so my, my plan is every Saturday, there's going to be, um, uh, just a single frame comic on Saturdays because I want to take a little easy on Saturday and it's just going to be blue's grievances. Blue is the name of the main character. And it's just Mm -hmm. going to be just a complaint about something in a single frame. Mm -hmm. So it's funny that you say that, but I think that what really compels me when I'm reading web comics is if I identify with whatever is being talked about, right? So blue in, in my strip is me. I mean, not to, obviously it's, you know, what uh, I'm the main character and he thinks the way I think, but things like um, once the pandemic is over that I'm going to be a little bit sad that I have to go out and see people. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. that's it's funny, answer, yeah, yeah. but also <laughs> that's, pretty, that's a pretty
1: good real. one. Actually. It's like, I was kind of getting used to my own company here. I was kind yeah. of... Yeah. Yeah. Who was it that said hell is other people? I mean, I forget who that just was. Just when we're
0: settling in and getting in our groove, we're going to make me interact. Oh,
1: Yeah, exactly. So I mean, on the It's internet. funny,
2: but also like, oh, yeah, yeah, I, I feel that. Or one of my favorite comics is Dino Man. Uh, it's I love the, that one, too. Yeah, Dinos and Well, you comics. introduced me. Oh, uh, yeah, and it's just great. I love it. And a lot of them are funny, but more than anything, they really make you identify with the characters, you know, like they'll be sad or they'll, you know, have emotional hangups that like, oh yeah, that's me, you know, that sort of a thing. So um, I think really identifying yourself in silly characters is is compelling. We like to see ourselves in things. And I think that's where webcomics really shine.
0: So, you know, one of my favorites is is the oatmeal we already talked about xkcd i think that goes without saying it's awesome Mm. but the oatmeal also very very good and 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 it can cover something very simple very funny whatever you know cat vomit but it can also be very serious like i don't if you want to seriously cry like all day long read the one about dogs i can't even talk about what it's about or else i'll like lose it. Is dog rambo yes okay I believe okay, so. I, I just want to
2: interject here that right when you said about cats vomiting, my wife texted me. The cat just threw up all over the couch, and I'm not oh, that's making weird. that up. She that's literally so texted that to me. Yeah, I'm I'm so sorry,
0: I cursed you. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, but basically, it's about how tr- the tragic lifespan of a dog, and, and, and how uh. much that sucks. It sucks. It's a sh- it, it sucks. Anyway, moving on. Um, but you know, it's it. <laughs> you but experience it, experiencing it through a webcomic, it's a, you know, it's a proxy that allows you to, to explore ideas or emotions that you're, that aren't comfortable. And, you know, I think that's, that's, yeah. you know, not a bad you thing. Know
2: what? I think it's important when uh, public people talk about like their mental health issues. And, and that's more and more common. Now we, we see people talk about issues that they have, but a comic is a way that we can recognize that at least the same issues that we're struggling with exist right we're, we're not alone in the universe like whoever that comic artist is at least understood enough to make a comic about something that I'm struggling with and they made it enjoyable by poking fun at themselves or by poking fun at something and you know it has to be it has to be light-hearted I guess it doesn't have to be because like you said sometimes you cry at reading web comics oh my god but... I
0: can't even read that one <laughs> I
2: can't
0: do it it's like the, um, it's like the Futurama episode that I, we will, we don't discuss ever, but I'll tell you the name Jurassic Bark. That's all you need to know. <laughs> I, I won't discuss right. it because I'll completely lose it. But yeah, anyway, it's very sad. Um, yeah, so, so yeah, I think that's interesting. I think it it represents something. It's a good, it's a good reason to take a different look at a, know, a, an, an issue.
1: Somebody worth uh, uh, looking at, I think actually required is Scott Adams I realize he's become very politically active in ways a lot of people don't like in the last uh, in, in the last administration anyway I haven't looked at him recently but um, but he gave a talk once that I attended that was really interesting and it's worth sharing this especially to Sean as you go to three panels from one which is that he always saw his comic as it could live with two panels and the third, pa- and the, it can live with two or three panels. And he basically starts as a two panel and then makes it a three or did at that time anyway. And, you know, and it's, you know, and it's always making, you know, you're always looking for what's screwed up about in that case, it's always business. You know, what's insane about business that the, uh, and it's always about, and and I think, and it's always about character, you know, you, you know, that Dilbert's character is always the engineer and, uh, i forget the woman's name but she's always punching people you know is is that she's belligerent and the pointy-haired boss is just plain stupid um but but there and wally never works Is it wally i think it's wally always has a cup of coffee he's actually never working and but having characters with strong having strong characters makes a difference right this is this is peanuts you know that that charlie brown was always gullible lucy was always in love with schroeder uh, you know, uh, a line of, uh, pig pen was always dirty there, you know, and, and Snoopy is always philosophical. There's a, and I don't know if that always works or not, because I think part of one of my favorite one-liners is from one of the greatest copywriters ever. His name is uh, Ed McCabe. And he says, I have no use for rules. They only rule out the possibility of brilliant exceptions and you need the brilliant exception too. And you wouldn't even be doing this if you didn't have a brilliant exception. Right. You know, it's like no. All the other cartoonists are fine. I'm done. You know, you're not going to do that. Well, so Doc, why haven't you done your
2: epitaph comic? I can I can oh, assure I, you that, I that it drawing. This morning. Oh, okay, <laughs> I'm gonna say drawing drawing is not a requirement. The ability to draw well. No, well,
1: <laughs> it's it's funny. I it was, it, was it, it it's it's funny what influence different things have on your life. I was it was in seventh grade when we were being taught how to. <laughs> Robin Williams had a funny piece about this like I don't I, I will never need to know the volume of a cone. I never needed I never <laughs> needed why did I not need algebra because I knew in life I would never need to know the volume of a cone. Well, in a similar way we had to draw and you know a, draw a sphere and shade a sphere on a surface and 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 how you shade a sphere and how you shade a cone and how you shave a cylinder. And and I remember feeling like I did a pretty good job of that, but I was more of an artist that I wasn't an artist, but I drew lines, and I was actually not bad at caricaturing people. And uh, and at that time, like, like the seventh grade, I would do celebrities. I remember doing Sinatra when he had kind of hollow cheeks and big eyes, and and with big round circles in them because they were blue and they were they were they were like yours, Sean. They were this kind of interesting blue because um, I can see Sean now. The rest of you can't. I was going to say that's great <laughs> on the only, podcast. Only Sean God. is so good looking. <laughs> yeah, so, the dude's a trust star. us. So, <laughs> <laughs> we got studs and foxes and this old guy anyway uh, but but then i was told well you know you're not one of the really great artists here we do to work with these other kids and i gave up i mean it was like okay i wasn't good enough and i never did it is and and that's and i look back on that with regret you know that i didn't uh, i didn't pursue that because i i actually thought hey i could do art i'm kind of an artist i kind of think of myself as an artist there's some art in our family um I have an aunt who is a really good artist and and I thought well yeah 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 it runs in a family I could do that too and that just kind of pushed me in another direction which by the way was radio and here we are <laughs> so, so it, so it is interesting totally that, that we're in a
2: bizarre way that we are kind of pushed out like so I'm You know, I I talked about at work where I'm the guy that can't draw. But I mean, let's be honest, that's just me self deprecating so that I don't feel bad about my inability to draw anything, right? I mean, it's not that I I take pride in being bad, it's that I don't want to be embarrassed by it. And it's strange to me that we do seem to discourage anything unless somebody can uh, draw perfectly. Uh, We don't encourage them to to do art like that um i I could never draw a character i mean i might be able to draw a spongebob i I may be able to do a character (laughs) of spongebob because he's a yellow square but (laughs) so
1: so there is a (sighs) there's a musician named joe craven and joe is really brilliant he's very engaging and he um uh has a uh he was giving a a a little like a one of those concerts that's in somebody's parlor but i've seen him in front of a thousand people as well and and he's just this fabulous character and 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 he asked you know anybody here not play a musical instrument and this woman raises her hand and he says come up here i'm going to teach you to play fiddle and she's oh i can never i i can't even hold it to and he and he said can you walk and she, she says yeah he says well you have a sense of rhythm then okay good you know and you can't walk without a sense of rhythm <laughs> and, and then and then he you know he just has her you know scrape back and forth across the thing and then And then he just talks her through doing some simple moves on the violin and it was, and had her sound incredible in a fairly short time, just because he, you know, it it reminds me of, there's a great teacher named uh, John Taylor Gatto who said the job of the teacher is not to fill the kid with curriculum, but rather to remove everything that keeps the child's inherent genius from gathering itself. And that's what it's about. Right. You know, so, you have an inherent genius. Let it gather itself. It's not going to be like anybody else's. So rock on, right? It's it's fun. I, I'm not going to lie. It
2: really is fun. I think that um, Twitter has prepared us for writing comics because being limited to how much you can say really makes you think through how you're going to express ideas. And as I'm writing the little speech bubbles, I'm thinking this is just like a tweet, right? I mean, this is, it has to be small. You can't have a conversation in a comic. I don't, I mean, some comics do, I don't like those. I don't want to, I don't want to read and read and read. I want to look at pretty pictures and and be entertained, but um, it's a fascinating media. And I, I, um, yeah, so Doc, you touched on on the education system and, and <laughs> which you're in. I yeah, and and I have I have grievances about <laughs> about how they will pigeonhole kids into uh, passing tests and stuff. So that that
1: yeah, I, I do too. I mean, I'm, I'm um, and I've written a lot about this. I had a horrible no, it wasn't horrible. I had a typical educational experience as a kid, um, which is to say that I was tested endlessly, much less than they test kids now. Um, and routed at different times in my young life into the fast class and the slow class, um, based on IQ tests, which varied across time. Uh, when in fact, you know, the, like Walt Whitman said, "I am never, I've never been measured, I never will be measured." Um, and there's, and, and the educational system is is about normalization. It's about your your product of your education, as if it was something that that manufactured you and. I did, to me, it's kids who succeed and out, of you know, who succeed, do it in many ways in spite of school and not just cause of it, even though I think we need school. You
2: know, it's tough. Agreed. It is. It's a weird. It's a weird one. And that, I think it's true of um, younger education, but also college. I mean, look at all of the, the true geniuses in their fields. A lot of them, you find out they didn't go to college or they dropped out of college. Um, that's just an interesting truism. Yeah. I don't think that means college is bad at all. I don't think it means that schooling is bad, but I, I think that we have the the potential to miss a lot by by just focusing on mediocrity or keeping everybody in the same lane and,
1: yeah, normalizing what it is to be. Yeah, it's, you know, systems need bell curves to deal with. And I don't think anybody wants to be in the bell curve unless they're at the top of it and then they brag on it, right? And it's... um. You know like i never met anybody who believed in iq tests who didn't do well on them you know yeah. I, the, the, the people who <laughs> didn't do so well don't believe in them so much and um you know i, I had a conversation with one of our alpha geeks who will remain nameless and and uh about exactly this and he says yeah i don't believe in them either but my iq is 173 you know i'm saying yours is and he gives me a number that's lower than that and i, I look at <laughs> like you fucking <laughs> <hole."> i mean <laughs> You, you know, literally just didn't said you didn't, know didn't we just have a conversation about this? <laughs> that you know, this is this is not a thermometer. It's not a dipstick. You know, it's uh. it's a bunch of quiz questions that you you get or you don't. You know, and yeah. it's like you and it's happen not to be like, good at pattern
2: identification or something. Whatever, yeah, it's not even are,
1: you know? it's not even about that. I mean, anybody could do well at crosswords if they do it a lot. You know, anybody could do well at Sudoku, and those are both IQ tests of a sort, yeah. you know? It's like SAT training, same thing, right? If, if you had a, a basic education in school, you, in, in math and, and, and words, <laughs> you can do well in <laughs> that stuff. You know, our, our, our younger son consistently never got anything less than an 800 on his, on his verbal SATs. Well, this is a kid who's just started, he couldn't stop reading from the time he was like six. Yeah. He just, that's all he did. You know, he didn't do anything else and it was, drove us crazy, but that's, so he did well on that. And what did that good did it do him in life? I'm not yeah. sure it's done it much at all. You know? So it's yeah. like,
0: I feel yeah, the okay. same way about that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I always uh, did
0: really well in tests too. You know, I, like, I, you know, when I, how old was I? I was a teenager, I guess, maybe, maybe in college. I don't know. My mom had a friend who was studying to be, I don't know, a diagnostician or whatever, whoever it is that gives a lot of IQ tests to youngish people. And, and she needed to do so many for you know school and whatever and she gave me this test and it, and this wasn't the first time I had taken him I you know I went to a competitive private school when I was younger and they made you do that crap all the time and I always scored really well you know this this woman gave me the test you know I, I little I basically broke the test I got a perfect score you're not supposed to get a perfect score it's like not designed because so though she's like well I can't measure it because it doesn't go that high I'm like oh well I'm so it has done me zero like I you know that has done me no good in life I think yeah. it's all complete BS. I'm fairly certain that if I took the same test today I would you know I would look like a moron am I stupider today than I was at 18 well maybe but I don't think so I think I know a few more things but I don't know I think it's all complete BS and based on a lot of bias and and um, you know, stuff that lacks substance
1: there's a uh, this this is a at least a three panel cartoon uh, Sean uh, my older son um, was in the you know, he, they, at my insistence, I, I'll tell you why, they put him in the gifted and talented class for this reason. They gave him an IQ test, and his, his verbal score was 103, which is average. And his math score was uh, perfect. It only went up to 140. And then that they, it got all the answers right. And they yeah, said, right. well, we averaged the two and we came up with this, and it's below our threshold. I said, wait a minute, you average the number you don't know. That could be <laughs> with a number, you know, that makes no sense. You just flunked a math test, guys. You know, you are not gifted or talented at this. And they <laughs> and they let him in. He, he never did anything with math and he's probably written several books by now, you know, and is and ended, ended up being a verbal guy. Now, what the hell does that mean? It's just, it's- It means it's, nothing. <laughs> it, means, it, means, it actually means less than nothing because yeah. it allows you to, and this is part of what we're going through right now, I think, with- all of the kind of, for lack of a better term, political correction around uh, around gender and race and the rest of it is to denormalize that stuff. You know, we have a whole bunch of norms that involve profiling people, you know, cops profile people based on their skin color too much. And we want to correct that. And schools profile people too much by who knows what, how they look, how they do on tests and the rest. So we have to denormalize a lot of that stuff because everybody's, a, you know, everybody's an individual and we're all different and we change and we're learning constantly and we need to be able to do all of that. And, and we need to be able to cut everybody else a break by not typifying them in ways that it's makes that by which it's easy to profile them. And that's not an easy thing to do. So there's a lot of cartooning available in that shot. Just, you know, <laughs> I don't know
0: where we're going with that, but yes, it's true. I well, we just it inspired you, right? For your next several weeks
2: (laughs) (laughs) yeah being cartoons again it it does allow you to address those things without being in those things too a little bit so it's um yeah it's interesting there there are some issues and we're talking about education too so i'll I'll talk about this too i I worried when i started doing this that i'm going to run out of ideas right i mean if we've all been writers and creators of different sorts so uh that's a fear. Like, what if I run out of interesting things to say? And it dawned on me as I was, so I have a, it's digital, it's on my phone, but an app where I constantly write down ideas that I have like throughout the day, like, oh, this might be, might make a comic. This might make a comic. Ooh, this might make an article for whatever. And I, I discovered that, even though my brain tells me that I only have a certain amount of creativity or a certain amount of ideas, that it's kind of like exercise. The more you use your brain, the the more it generates things. So I, I, I want to encourage you, Doc, to follow up on your epitaph, your dark humor, <laughs> because you'll never run out of
1: things that dead people will say. <laughs> well, yeah. that's the thing. I think somebody was interviewing Seinfeld at one point and and they asked, him, don't you think there's a finite quantity of jokes or something like that? And he said, no, no, it's beyond infinite. I mean, there's always something, there's always something. And he's always alert for that. And that's kind of like, you, you develop an ear for it. You know, like, what is it? Um, this is of, no sounds completely off base, but I, I hope it's not. Uh, there's a, on the, on the iPhone here, there's an app called um db and it's basically a sound app and and it basically just turns your phone into something that's listening to sounds and it shows it across the spectrum and when i'm outside and here i'm in suburban los angeles i noticed that there is a subsonic sound going on all the time outside here what is it and i realized after a while it's airplanes and airplanes all make a really low sound and you don't notice them because we're sort of acclimated to them, but it's kind of a background noise that's out there. And suddenly I couldn't help hearing them after seeing it on the phone. It's like <laughs> I, dev- I got attuned to it. I, and I noticed the crows are basically at 2,500 Hertz and hummingbirds are at about 8,000 Hertz, right? That's where their little, their little toots are. And I hadn't noticed that before. And it's like, that's in my brain now. That's really interesting. So, you know, the world's full of stuff. Yeah. And
2: thinking about the, the world's full of some weird stuff at times too. I, I have my phone next to my bed and sometimes I'll wake up and I don't know if you do this, like uh, not a dream journal necessarily, but writing down ideas. I So I, I'm looking over at my app. It syncs up with my computer here. Uh, break forth wall. Humans are mean. What does that even mean?
1: <laughs> I, I, well, the second yeah. part
0: is definitely correct. <laughs> yeah, th- th-
1: th- that's, that's actually two. That's That's two word balloons over two of your characters. There you go. You know, one says, I'm breaking the fourth wall. The other, (laughs) I'm talking to you out there. I'm breaking the fourth wall. And the other one says, humans are mean. And then the first guy could say, I'm not human. I'm a square, you know, or something like that. (laughs) Or I aspire to to be human. This is how I'm doing it. Or something else, you know, it's...
0: Well, but before we move on to the next topic, Oops, which sorry, I, yeah. I assume we're going to do, but no, no, I mean, no rush. I, <laughs> I thought I would leave you with something that the, the education conversation and the, the drawing skill reminded me of. And I had a, one of my favorite professors in college, art professor, actually, who incidentally was you know collected all over the world. People paid ridiculous sums of money for his work. Um, and it was largely like a lot of one of the, his most popular series was pegboards. Pegboards with numbers and string connecting. Anyway, did not require any particular technical drawing skill. I digress. But he, one of the, the 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 bits of wisdom that that he said to me that has stuck with me over the years um, was when you need a skill, you will acquire it. And that, and he was he was speaking mm. in terms of art. Like if you need to learn to draw a hand, you'll figure out it. You'll you'll teach yourself. You'll you'll learn. And it, but it, you know, I often think about it in terms of technology, like programming skill or something like that. When I need to figure out this problem, when I really need it, I will figure it out. And and, and most people kind of, you know, I think that that is just an interesting way to, to think about things. But I think it's a good way to think about art too, which is the context in which it was delivered. Um, he passed away a few years ago, which was really sad, but he did leave us with that bit of wisdom.
2: Doc could possibly write an epitaph for him. He could, <laughs> yes. When you need a skill, you will acquire it, as here. long as
0: it's not, um... you know, the skill of survival. <laughs> anyway. Uh-huh.
2: Uh, right, I have a segue to the, to the web browser thing.
1: Okay. Yeah, if, awesome. you, if, if you, if you announce it. the
2: segue, I don't know if announcing the segue makes it no, any less could, valid.
1: Go hey, ahead and say, say. We make up our
0: own rules here. Sean. Okay.
1: All right. we, are,
2: we are the gods
1: of this podcast. <laughs> it's true.
2: Yeah. Um, of course. So web comics come in frames, right? At least like any other comic. And it's been a challenge to figure out how to present them because mobile browsers are small. And so, the, the desire I've discovered is that people want each individual frame as a picture so they can swipe through it. But on a desktop, that's really super annoying. People want to see the whole thing together. So I have to somehow deliver both a sliced up web comic and a whole web comic. And there's already people that want alt text on every, on every frame and all the alt text for the entire thing on this single frame. It's a complicated endeavor to deliver
1: stupid comics. You, you could do a comic on that, you know, like, uh, <laughs> vi- you know, victims of, you know, a, a hall, hall of victims of non-responsive design and then victims of <laughs> responsive design, because that's what happens with responsive design, right? You shrink down, you know, you shrink it horizontally and all of a sudden it stacks vertically or something. They've done that with blogs a lot. You know, it's, and,
2: it's complicated. And I didn't yeah. let myself dwell on it too much because same thing with my, the website. I, I don't like the website, but I'm a nerd, right? I could have spent weeks trying to tweak it just right and have zero content. So, um, mm. but I, I want to store it all on a website so it can be consumed via web browser. <clears throat> Segway. <laughs> <Well, laughs> oh, yeah.
0: And uh, But let me just remind you, this is a good time to remember, when you need a skill, you will acquire it.
1: Well, you know, we'll solve the, this
0: problem. I have faith.
1: One of my headstones, one of my epitaphs, could say, "I still hate my I still hate my website design." Right? Because mm, everybody doesn't like their website design oh, I, God, to I begin with. I've ever touched. That, that sort of goes with almost without saying. I get
0: actually really upset when I see like older versions of Linux Journal. <laughs> like, oh God, I don't want to like admit I was part of that. Anyway, go ahead.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, well it, it's, you know, isn't just things changed with the times. So, so let me, because I'm, this is sort of my topic uh, Yes. let, let me give my sort of two minute framers on, on my issues with browsers. Uh, and I, I wrote a piece called thinking beyond a browser and we can put that in the uh, it's in the Project VRM site. It's also at Customer Comments. Go to the Customer Comments and look at blog, uh, customercomments.org. Go to blog. Um, since we have uh, no readers so far, I'll know it was you. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> I bet <laughs> so, that's not true. I, we don't track anybody, so I really would not know it's you. But I'll know. I'll know somebody who listened to this showed up. Uh, so when the, the original idea with the browser that Tim Berners came up with, with and the original idea behind HTML was it was it was simple and then it was up to the user to a large degree you know you if you wrote simple html there was you know h1 h2 h3 for sizes of, of headers and and you know what font you looked at it in and uh, you know all all that stuff is kind of up to you on the receiving side and gradually we turn it into desktop publishing, and then we turn it into big time publishing. So so that Catherine would have a job, and so because <laughs> <laughs> she works on Drupal, which is all about that. And WordPress has done the same thing, and WordPress has gotten farther and farther away, sort of, from plain old HTML. And it's and as now it's really complicated. But that's not my whole issue with it. It's not that. It's that. It's that. It's really client server. We started at a client server as a, as a Really, it's more of a, a format. It's, an, it's not so much an architecture. It's an approach to building that that says, oh, you know, all the smarts going to be on the server side and the server's in charge and the client is just a client and the client requests things from the server and the server provides everything the client needs in order to do what the server wants the client to do or allows the client to do. And an awful lot of good can be done inside that. And we have that now um, and we're living in that world. But it's a world in which... It, it, we should real we should recognize whether it's true or not that the story that I have heard and it might be apocryphal, but even if it's not, I think it matters that client-server was chosen as a an expression for what that architecture is because slave-master didn't sound so good. Uh, some of us have called it calf-cow because we the calves go to the cows of websites for um, for the milk of HTML plus some cookies, and that's. That's a really subordinate way to operate in the world. We should be able to do better than that, but we there's a lot we can't do outside of it. You know, we don't get scale from that. We don't get any more scale than we get from what any website gives us or any platform gives us, which means that we're kind of stuck back in the modern equivalent of equivalents of AOL and CompuServe. A, you know, Apple's AOL, Google's CompuServe, and then uh, maybe Amazon is prodigy, and we're sort of stuck inside their platforms and and, and, or Facebook would be that. And, and we're sort of content to be in there. And I think there's just an infinitude of stuff that can be done outside the browser. We're not even visiting because it doesn't even occur to us to take the blinders off and think, wait a minute, I've got lots of intelligence on this side, and we have the internet under, underneath everything. What are the other ways that any, any one party can do things with any other party in ways that are not? Um, narrowed down by what can be done with a browser. And I'll give one example of something I think was misguided Um, and I'll name names. Uh, uh, My um, uh, password manager uh, is Dashlane, uh, which is fine. Uh, I haven't tried any of the others, so I can't compare them, but uh, I've been in it for a long time now and they've had an app and I've always had that app open and they had a browser extension, which I put on each of the many different browsers that i use and and that worked fine if i if if the browser extension didn't fill in the the password then i could go to the app and i could um i could find the password there and then copy and paste it in or something like that well they decided no we're not going to have the app anymore we are going to be in the browser well that's a big pain in the ass i have to have a browser tab open i have to have a different one for every browser i'm in it's it's an it's an incredible value to subtract. You could do more with an external app than you can inside the confines of a browser, but for some reason they decided to do that like it was a good thing and to me, it was almost like you know we have to imagine we can't imagine anything outside the world of the browser. And this is not to knock anything we could do in a browser they're they're one of the greatest inventions in the history of 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 the world, but they're just one way where the internet is. Still young. We've been at. We've had the the graphical browser really only since nineteen ninety four, so we're really going on like, twenty seven years, something like that. Not much in the history of digital technology, which should be with us for millennia. So we could do better, or other, maybe not better, but other. That's my case. I rest it.
0: No, <laughs> I well, <that> was short. <laughs> I can For I can't.
1: me, it was. No, <laughs> I'm
0: not gonna lie. Yeah.
1: So server.
2: Br- so server. Is it the is the biggest frustration you have with uh, the browser itself or with the, the server client model as a whole for uh, media delivery and, and stuff like that?
1: It, it, it's not so much with it's not so much a problem I have with those things. It's sort of like saying, I have a problem with horses. Um no, I don't have a problem with horses. Horses are great for a lot of things, but I'm not gonna a horse is not gonna do what a car can, right? And and this kind of goes back to uh, uh, what Henry Ford didn't say, which is uh, that if people asked me what uh, what to make it, they'd say faster horses Instead, he made a car. Um, I, I think the browser does a, a, a huge variety of stuff, but it doesn't do everything. And there's a lot that we are not seeing. And I'm working on one of those right now. So I, but I don't wanna talk about it yet because it's too early, uh, but we're actually doing development. Uh, and I wanna involve you guys with it, but, uh, and the rest of our uh, listeners eventually, but, uh, but, but it's only possible when you start thinking outside the browser. And and that's I mean, email, you know, I mean, I, I still use an email client. I think an email client is better than the email client I use, which is the Apple one for the most part, is much, much better than what I could do inside of Gmail in a browser. You know, it's just it's it's a it's a separate thing. And and the email you know, protocols don't necessarily need the browser. Now we put it inside the browser because Google did that and it's not a bad thing to do. And it, for a lot of people, it's good to be in there. But I think that there's a lot of stuff we could do with with messaging that is out, in fact, all of the, the messaging apps are mostly outside the browser. So it's not like no, no thinking is going on outside the browser but I think so much more could be done if we don't wear those blinders.
0: But I mean, browser can can mean anything that is a that has a dependent relationship like that. I think I I feel like yeah. you know what you're getting at is just the you come from and and a lot of us come from a place where we think of technology as something that we want to control and 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 have and and have independence, you know, and 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 like what we were talking about earlier in an educational setting, for example, or or any kind of setting where you want. You want, uh, you know, low technology costs per user or, you know, whatever it is that gives you this ad- advantage that comes from having um, little dependent, you know, satellites, depending on a, a central uh, controlling entity, whatever that is, we had a, you know, cloud service or mainframe or, you know, whatever it is. Um, whereas some of us kind of want want to be able to live in our little air gapped world and, and have full control over, over our information and our data and... And our communications, although I suppose that does have to go out at some point, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I think is it just is it just a dependence thing that that's the that's the concern, or um, or is it something else? It's
1: it's a concern. It's, it's not the only concern. I mean, I I, I like the term air gapped. I think uh, I think we do need um, I think we do need um, a isolation from the rest of the of the, I think we need to be able to be connected and yet isolated as, as isolated as we want. You know, I'm in a house here, we're all in houses and we kind of like having doors and windows with locks and shutters and shades that through which we can moderate our our privacy and what we're willing to see and not see or the others can see of us. And there's nothing like that exactly online. And I'm not sure if we're inside the browser, we can even see that uh, that, we don't have clothing and shelter yet. I've said that a lot, and talks about privacy. But um, I think that that air gap, that that space that we need in order to um, not just have privacy, but have an independent life. You know that. Uh, and and I, I mean, for example, uh, just imagine this because this is part of what we're working on. Imagine if all your health and financial data and and you know the not just the medicine you're taking, everything you've bought, everything that had a receipt, um, a list of all your books. Let's say you could run your own algorithms across all of those. Oh, and also across your, your calendar going back 20 years and your contact base going back 20 years where it's your algorithm. It's not somebody else's algorithm is guessing at you, so they can advertise at you, which is what most of the algorithms in the world are doing. The big ones are doing right now, but rather it's yours that, that could give you insights into what's going on, or remind you that you know what uh, you're running out of uh, out of this in the fridge, or you're running, or that um, you know, uh, are, are you aware that you know? In my case, it would be, are you aware that you don't have the complete collection of John McPhee books? There's still this one more you don't have, right? Or and you could look out. It could look out into the world as well, but it's not looking out into the world in order to serve some corporate master, um, but rather to serve you. Well. I maybe you could have that displayed in a browser, but I think that's an app that's separate from that. I think that's one app among many apps that you could run. Many algorithms you could run. Where is it? Yeah, and
2: where is the data coming from? I I think that's really a a big part of the conversation. Yeah, you know, not. I mean, because I mean, again, the browser is an app, right? But where is it coming from? Looking, so I'm I'm browsing your um, thinking outside the browser article here, and just the Mm. the graphic that shows this hierarchy of things. Um, it's so so condensed, I can't even tell what we're looking at. but it just made me think of the, the server client model. I am a truly genuinely shocked at how well we have scaled the concept. And, and I know that now there's just multiple servers in multiple locations. I mean, you know we know data centers in all over the world are serving content based on geographic limits, but it's amazing how much we have expanded the server client model, in such a way to to facilitate that model continuing. Whereas some kind and I, I, I hate to use the word or the term peer-to-peer because that just sounds like piracy and, and you know BitTorrent illegal software, or whatever. But th- the closest connection for me is the person next door, not a server in San Jose. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm surprised that we haven't come up with a way, and yeah, this could be a segue to another, another podcast altogether about IPFS, but uh, just the whole idea where everything is stored in a central location, I, I'm shocked it scaled as much as it has over the past couple decades.
1: It, it has a lot. And I mean, it's, it's an infinite amount. And, um, but, but I'm also thinking that, I mean, and this is uh, interesting to me. I mean, we're on an app. We're on Zoom right now. We're not in a browser i mean we could i mean if zoom said to itself you know we're never going to be outside the browser we're going to be, have to be in a browser in order to do so instead they pivot right out of it you it starts opening in a browser and then it checks out almost immediately right and you still got a tab open that has a, a little fossil imprint of zoom but uh at least on my machine it does that mm-hmm. but we're in we're in we're in another world we're in the zoom world and where. Everything, all these things can be done now. Of course, it's not Zoom is doing all this in the cloud, it's all there's an AWS backend on this, and we're going through that. Um, and that's a perfect example of scaling something up. I mean, I'm just in awe of how well Zoom came into this market and stripped everybody else's gears. Uh, I was on Microsoft Teams this morning and I wanted to copy off the chat. You know, the chat in Zoom is just through the three little dots you click on the three little dots, to save the chat. And it's brilliant because it'll overwrite the last time you saved it, so you only have one copy of it. And it's just little things like that, smart. But you do that with an app. You do that with a separate app. You're not doing it, you know, inside inside the browser. And and I think we're really kind of at the point right now where where we're we're maybe almost ready to to look outside of the boxes we've made for ourselves. I mean, part of my point with that article is. It's not even an article; it's a blog post. It's kind of a, not even that long a blog post, but is that um, you know because it's client-server, and the servers could do whatever they want. Um, and I have I unpack a, uh, a somebody who's been on this show more than once, I think, uh, Doctor Fu, mm-hmm. uh, Augustine Fu. Um, his page X-ray that looks at what the Daily Mail does, and it's where data about you is cascading outward to hundreds of parties you never. You didn't go to the website for your for data about you to go out to these hundreds of other parties. Um, and no harm is done if you don't if it's only about advertising, but God knows what it's all about. I mean, it's just but it's it's ludicrous because we have no record of that. And and the people doing the development don't even think you need a record of it. You know, oh, you've got cookies. Well, what do you do? Well, you could purge all your cookies. Well, that's a pain in the ass, because then you have to like redo a whole lot of passwords to get into a lot of places and stuff like that. It's like there's no it's it's a really, you know, it's, it's a great thing, but I think we're, 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 we've ridden it about as far as we can before we have to start looking at other, at other approaches that might, you know, allow us to do more rich things. And to me, the biggest part is, let's look at what we could do for ourselves. You know, what, what can we do for the individual again? You know, rather than just for the individual as a, the best possible puppet of some corporate master.
0: So I was actually—it's funny you mentioned the the Augustin Fu graphic. I was going to mention that because Sean actually mentioned it without realizing it when he was saying there's this hierarchical thing and it's very condensed and hard to read and and yeah and
1: that's the what reason that, yeah. is
0: because I mean it's it's this massive 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 uh, data visualization. I was actually going to mention so I'll link to the episode yeah. where uh, we actually we unpack this the the web app. With um, Dr. Yeah, Fu page page X-ray is the name of it. page X-ray. Yeah. We also we have a we actually have a blog post about it um, on the podcast site. Just going like a, a legend, so how to interpret this data, which I think was mm. is actually really helpful. Um, that I will also link to. But the important thing is that there's a lot of really nefarious stuff going on under the hood that people just aren't aware of. I don't think, and and that's the value of this very very dense visualization there's anytime you see something in red it's something pretty uncool going on yeah yeah in my opinion and there Um, are phases
1: fingerprints too in there somewhere yeah so
0: and again i'll I'll link to a post where we outline what all of these things mean when you're actually looking at this report because i don't think there's any actually that our post is maybe the only place i can think of that 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 details all this stuff. And I had uh, Dr. Fu look it over before I even posted it. So it's all totally uh, accurate. (laughs) So yeah, anyway, good stuff.
2: Yeah, I'll I'll finish with a sad truism here that I think, unfortunately, even when we move to apps, apart from the web browser, thanks to the way that we currently develop things, it's all the same.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of nefarious crap going on. No matter well,
2: what. <laughs> I mean, apps, apps are just are just I know, web browsers. Yeah. Ab- yeah, apps just- are just. I mean, because now JavaScript runs on the front end and the back end. You know, <laughs> it's the same thing. Even apps like Slack, Slack has a great app. It's just Electron. It's just running a specialty browser. Everything is is now on the web. Even the apps. It's depressing.
1: Yeah, yeah.
2: That's
1: true. Indeed.
0: But what's the alternative? Well, we. Well, I guess that's the point of this. Maybe yeah, that's the point I mean, of the next a, episode. How do we fix it?
1: Yeah, yeah, I think there. What I happens there are once we think
0: outside the browser? Okay, we've we've done that. Now, what do we do?
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, what, what kind of apps do we demand? You know, and
0: yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, and the
0: the other thing about that, you know, so when you're at least when you're using a browser, there are a lot of browser tools to alert you to the stuff that's happening under the hood. Um, you know, and then, and Firefox has come out with a lot of really kind of neat features to, 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 uh, protect your privacy and protect your data, but in an app, you don't have any of that. I mean, there are, you know, I guess you could have antivirus or, but <laughs> there are probably ways to protect yourself when you're using apps, but, but it, it seems like actually in spite of the difficulties that we're describing with browsers on, uh, the flip side is that there are, there's a lot of work being done to make the browsers more compliant um, with our wishes, so to speak. And, and when I say our wishes, I mean like us here, the, the issues that we talk about on this podcast of privacy and data security and stuff like that. Yeah. So maybe browsers don't so, aren't so bad, I guess. They aren't the bad way. at all. <laughs> and, and, and I'm
1: not making the case that they're bad. It, I'm, you know, it's, it's sort of making the case against you know, like I said earlier, horses or gas-powered automobiles, or improve on, or just come up with something else that that's different that does other things and does them better. Uh, yeah. I just think it's it's there's a um, again. It's it, I mean it's less to me. It's less about the browser than it is about you know. I, I had a follow-up to that one called uh, uh, toward e-commerce 2.0 because I think e-commerce 1.0 is is a is about everything that can be done inside a browser Uh, and I think that there's a place to stand outside the browser that you know for example it gives us a way to come to agreements you know obviously coming to agreements in the ways that we figured out inside the browser is completely and horribly broken and has been for, for for the duration which is where we're only agreeing to other parties terms and that's the case because They are the servers and we're the clients. And as long as it's only up to the servers to proffer terms, our only choice is to agree to them. And that's not good enough. That's not freedom of contract. That's coercive contract. It's contracts of adhesion. And I think we could do better than that. But we can't do better. But and it could be we could do better than that within the browser. But I've been working on trying to make that happen for many years now and it hasn't worked. You know, so that's one reason why I'm looking elsewhere. So, where interesting yeah
0: sorry it's interesting that you mentioned e-commerce because that that is actually a, an area where things are going very much outside the browser but almost in you know in the opposite way i think uh, than what you might have in mind and that is uh, going into apps like instagram or facebook where you you shop directly through them you can now you know one of the the big so called innovations in um instagram in the past i don't know i think it's just in the past year is fully integrating an e-commerce experience where people could literally sell directly through their Instagram posts.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's some, yeah.
0: some kind of there's, you know, e-commerce backend happening there, but it is, it's, it's taking it, it's bypassing the browser and containing yeah, it in the walls and of Facebook and, and Instagram.
1: Yeah. And, and he, this is basically, I think something that uh, the Instagram people or the Facebook people picked up from, I don't know, would what, what WeChat or Tencent or the, the other ones in China that work that way? And I think a case can be made that a lot of what China does or what's done in China happens outside the browser as well. It's happening on phones, but it's not browser dependent. It's just it's a independent independent and separate things. But again, I'm not, I'm not so much knocking the browser. I'm just, that's why I called it thinking outside the browser. I think there's mm-hmm. a, a, t- a tendency that Like if you're inside the browser and you want to say, I mean, this is what the GDPR is about, you know? And that was the problem with the GDPR. It's like, okay, everybody has got to be a data subject. They are the data subject. That's what a human being is. And what are the other operators here? Well, there's data controllers and data processors. Those are not the human beings. Human beings can't be data controllers or data processors. These other parties have to be. The companies do. So we'll regulate them and try to limit what they could do with personal data and, uh, or people who will just call data subjects, which is just so limited, but it's, you think that because everybody's living inside a browser, right? That's like, well, of course they don't have any power there. So we're just gonna regulate what the others could do. And of course, what have they done? They've worked around it. You know, there's far more incentive, economic incentive to work around the GDPR than to work with the GDPR. And that's the world we're in now, you know, and and in browser world. But maybe there's another world we can make where we are independent. We have an Archimedean place to stand where we can move the world, and we can get scale, and um, and we can do better signaling from demand to supply, and not inside, you know, having to dwell in a zillion different 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 systems. Actually, something my wife Joyce came up with in 1995. She looked at at e commerce as it existed then, which consisted mostly of Amazon and eBay and like three other companies and asked naively why she couldn't take her shopping cart from site to site. We still don't have that. We should have that. You know, every, every site should have something that says, oh, if you have your own shopping cart, then we'll, we'll put your, or the stuff you have in your shopping cart, you haven't bought yet in that one. But you have to invent that from the user's side. Now, it's not saying it can't happen inside a browser. Mm-hmm. It's just hard to imagine inside a browser. You Seems know, like
0: PayPal or Apple Pay or somebody like that would have, would have figured that out by now. Huh?
1: Well, it, it, you could do it within the, those sort of things. I mean, with Apple, for example, Apple's trying its best to like take over the way you do subscriptions. So, um, like you know, we canceled Hulu. Decided we watch everything we wanted on Hulu, and I can, on Apple in, in my phone or on the computer or on, in Apple TV, I can cancel. Uh, I could cancel Disney, I can cancel HBO, I can cancel anything that's on Apple TV and it, and it keeps track of that. And, um, uh, you, know, and, and you could do it through there. But again, you're inside their silo, you're at their mercy. It's like, oh, Apple's gonna take care of my subscriptions. Well, the truth is I don't want it inside of Apple alone. I want, it, I want my own way to keep track of subscriptions. I, I don't want to imagine a world where I have to be in Apple's feudal system in order to do everything in the world. It's insane. You know, it's it's, it, it's 500 years retro, you know? I mean, this is the damn internet now. We should be able to be independent. How could we be independent? Well, let's think about it. Mm, they they about throw
0: it. us such tasty scraps though, you know?
1: <laughs> yeah, well, no, they're good at it. I, and, 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 you know, and and of course, what can they do? They are, they're themselves, you know, they can't think outside that box either, mm. right? And they're, you know, Steve Ballmer, when he was with Microsoft said, well, the secret to every business is to find an intersection Park yourself in the middle of it and charge a rent across it. That's what you do. That's you know, make an intersection or find one and cross rent and charge rent across it. And you know, that's a way to do business. But it's also something a little a little bit psychotic about that because if you're a grocery store, you should know that people can buy groceries all over the place. Just make your grocery store better, you know, you know, and 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 do things in some standard ways. You know, put the perishables on the perimeter of the store. Put the refrigerated stuff in the perimeter of the store and, and, and put the stuff that's, you know, the hard goods on the, on the aisles and sort the aisles out in ways that are roughly standard. And then that makes some sense. So anyway, that's a little bit a field, but.
0: Huh. Well, I think we've we've covered a lot of ground. You know, we've, yeah. We've covered probably <laughs> as, more usual. Than as yeah. usual. I think this, this week may be an interesting newsletter week. I think we're going to have <laughs> we're having a pretty I cool keep, assortment of and links I keep here. promising
1: to send you links and I haven't done it, but I will.
0: That's fine. This week this is a good week for it because there's a lot there's a lot to cover
2: (laughs) well thanks for letting me come and talk about my big round world i appreciate it
0: (laughs) oh yeah thanks for coming yeah well cool good luck check out sean's comic and um yeah until next time